You've heard me say that golf is a game and it's meant to be fun, but sometimes fun comes packaged as a test of your resilience. In case you're wondering, the fun happens in golf when you know you endured the test without losing any ground with your confidence. In this episode, I want to talk to you about how to apply a simple golf lesson from a famous tiger that will help you improve your resilience when the game tests you. She Talks Birdie is for you, the golf enthusiast, who wants to discover how to play the game you love better, smarter, and more effortlessly. If that sounds like exactly what you need to take your game to the next level, then I'm so glad you stopped by. My name is Dr. Shannon Reese, and in each episode, we'll take a look behind the curtain in your mind to uncover the simple mindset strategies that will help you play great. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get started. If you aren't familiar with my background, in my youth, I was a competitive figure skater. I spent four to six hours on the ice six days a week working hard to hone my skills. Similar to a golf swing, in figure skating, spins and jumps require the orchestration of many body parts to move in a specific sequence to achieve a desired movement and outcome. To me, golf seems to be the easier of the two sports because you get to stand on both feet while executing a shot. In contrast, skaters are often on one foot and balanced on a specific part of the blade beneath it. But truth be told, both sports require lots of physical, mental, and emotional resilience. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary describes resilience as, quote, an ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune or change, end quote. I'd like to think about it as your bounce-back ability, or how easily you can press on immediately following a mistake on the course without it diminishing your physical, mental, or emotional excellence. During my many years of training at an elite level, I had to learn how to be resilient. There was a lot of time when I found myself repeatedly crash-landing on the ice. That's tough day in and day out. Sometimes repetitious falls would occur while learning a new jump or flying spin, trying to add an extra rotation to a jump I'd already mastered, or teaching my feet to execute an intricate or fast footwork sequence without losing my footing. Failing and falling as a result is a natural part of figure skating. But when you go down, you must get right back up and back into your program without missing a beat of your choreography. You literally have to learn how to bounce physically while maintaining your mental and emotional strength in the face of failure. I remember weeks when due to so many falls involving the same part of my body, I'd have goose egg-sized bruises and open cuts that had a hard time healing with all that daily abuse. So I'd shove large pieces of thick foam under my clothes or into my glove to try to soften the blow. I have to say that whoever invented the grown-up-sized diaper called the crash pad probably raked in some good money. We did what we had to do to keep going, to keep learning, and to keep improving. 
Fast forward to my graduate school years. I poured my love of this sport into working with budding figure skaters. The most rewarding groups I was assigned to teach were the tots. Teaching them how to conquer their fear and move about the ice was an amazing transformation I was privileged to be a part of. Fear of the ice was real for these three, four, and five-year-olds. My first challenge was to transform them from a soggy mess of tears and snot to kids excited about the adventure that awaited them. They needed a quick win that boiled down to knowing that if they fell down, they could get back up. To keep things fairly easy, I would teach them how to accomplish this step while off the ice first. They were already challenged by trying to walk around in boots attached to blades while dressed in so many layers they look like tiny Stay puff Marshmallow Men. If you're not following that reference, you need to watch the movie Ghostbusters. My point is that they were wearing lots of protective padding provided by their snow pants, heavy jackets, hats, and puffy mittens. The ice didn't have a chance to leave a single mark on them. To give them their first victory, we'd always begin by practicing how to squat and fall down, roll onto our hands and knees, and then push ourselves back up. After completing this initial task several times, I was confident that we could take the rest of the lesson to the ice. My second challenge was to teach these beginners how to successfully move around on the ice by teaching them how to march so they could eventually glide. Most grown-ups who learn to skate for the first time as adults make the mistake of trying to stroke and glide before they've learned to march. This can result in some nasty and painful falls. But with arms extended side to side like airplane wings, my little skaters learned how to successfully march across the ice by taking one little baby step at a time. My third challenge brings me around to the point I wanted to make in this episode and my story about a famous tiger. The final thing I needed to teach my students was that they could bounce. Losing your balance or having your feet slip out from under you and falling down can be scary. The key to conquering your fear of failing, and in this case, falling down, is knowing that you can bounce back from it. At the start of this episode, and because this is a golf podcast, you may have assumed that I was talking about Tiger Woods. But he is not the famous tiger of this story. There is another special tiger that I would use as an example when teaching this final lesson. This famous tiger is the role model for bounce-back ability and is the close friend of a famous bear named Winnie the Pooh. I'm talking about Pooh's friend, Tigger. If you recall the stories of Winnie the Pooh, Tigger was particularly good at doing one thing, bouncing. He even sang a song describing this amazing skill that went like this. The wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers are wonderful things. Their tops are made out of rubber. Their bottoms are made out of springs. They're bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is I'm the only one. Tigger's song precisely described the wonderful ability that I wanted these young skaters to believe they possessed too. The ability to bounce back up if they fell down and to have fun doing it. 
And so we would march, 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 then squat down and practice falling down on purpose and getting right back up from the ice. Each time we fell, I'd laugh out loud and say, oh my, I just saw you bounce. You bounced just like Tigger. That was amazing. Let's get back up and do that again. And we'd all scramble to our hands and knees, push ourselves up and repeat the exercise. And it was fun. What I want you to recognize is that while these skaters were learning to physically bounce back in the face of failure, this exercise was also teaching them how to mentally and emotionally bounce back by seeing the experience in a positive light. That's the exact same way you need to face failure in golf and life. Failing never makes you a failure unless you see yourself as incapable of bouncing back up. Being able to bounce like Tigger is a mindset that you can develop and maintain. Operating with this mindset means you never perceive the game or a challenge or an outcome as a roadblock to your ongoing success. Do you recall the definition of resilience? It's the ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune or change. Recovery and adjusting are action words. That means in order to develop greater resilience to misfortune or unexpected change, you must act in a productive way in response to it. You can't just mentally and emotionally lie down and let difficulties roll right over you. You can learn to bounce back fast just like Tigger. Recovery and adjusting becomes much easier when you have a system in place that helps you manage your thoughts and emotions following every shot. I'm talking specifically about a post-shot routine. Golfers who play with a consistent and effective post-shot routine have the greatest bounce-back ability following any type of unexpected or disappointing shot. They don't struggle with any carryover of unresolved thoughts and feelings from one shot to the next. To improve your resilience, I've got six ways you can begin developing a mindset that allows you to more easily bounce back just like Tigger. Number one. Bring the challenge down to size. It's difficult to demonstrate bounce-back ability when facing what you perceive to be a difficult and daunting situation. That perspective immediately puts you on the defensive. Allowing your emotions to take the lead in the aftermath of a poor shot can easily blow your thoughts about the situation out of proportion. You always have a choice when it comes to how you view things. To become more resilient in golf, you must keep your feelings in check so that you can clearly and objectively assess the situation before you. A bounce-back mindset means that you believe there is no situation you can't figure out how to conquer. The only reason this might be hard for you is because you're in a habit of leaning into your feelings of disappointment after a poor shot. A better approach is to put your big boy or big girl pants on so that you can figure out the best solution to come back strong. That kind of resilient determination enables you to bring the challenge down to size in your mind, weigh your options objectively, and make a smart decision for how to proceed. The next time you feel your emotions taking control, hit the pause button, take a deep breath, 
and look at the situation from a more practical viewpoint. Number two, focus on tracking the little wins. The number one goal with all my clients is to ensure they make consistent progress. The best way to progress is to break every big goal into actionable baby steps. There are plenty of golfers who want to go big or go home when it comes to making strides in their game. They aren't big fans of looking for the little wins because they don't see them as meaningful measures of success. But here's the thing. When it comes to developing new habits and new skills, sustainable improvement takes time, patience, and persistence. The fruit of your hard work and effort is often building behind the scenes in your game long before it has a big impact on your outcome metrics like putting statistics or your handicap. That's why it's so important to track the little wins that accumulate and lead to the bigger desired improvements. It becomes more difficult to remain motivated if good is never quite good enough for you. You limit your ability to bounce back when you get knocked down in golf. You can develop more resilience by actively drawing motivation from the little wins that occur every day on the range and on the course. Just make sure you don't eclipse them by also keeping track of what you think you're doing wrong. Little wins are reminders that your game is moving in the right direction. This can help minimize the momentary disappointment you might experience on the course and make it much easier to bounce back whenever you need to. Number three, see yourself through the right lens. To be more resilient, how you see yourself as a golfer when you're playing well and when you're not should be exactly the same. You want to see yourself as a golfer equipped with endless skills, good decision-making capability, solid emotional management, creativity, and more. It's important that you see yourself as someone who perseveres in the face of all challenges. Consider what you think you need to overcome in a difficult situation on the course. Do you believe you always have what it takes to succeed? If not, then you need to work on your perception of yourself. I find that most golfers sell themselves short. You might believe you have the potential to rise above difficulties and excel, or perhaps you believe that you used to. What matters is how you see yourself today and in the heat of the moment on the course. Seeing yourself through the right lens starts by building the habit of tracking the little wins I just mentioned. By doing so, you'll begin to see yourself as a winner who can bounce back after anything. In addition, when you see yourself in view of your strengths, it is much easier to keep challenges in perspective. I encourage you to be aware of the labels you use to describe yourself. Make sure that they are ones that are building you up and not labels that prevent you from playing with resilience. Number four, be willing to change things up. Being resilient sometimes means that you need to change your approach to the game. This could mean leaving a club in the bag that isn't one you can trust for the day or laying up instead of going for the green. A rigid approach lacks resilience. A flexible and creative approach that allows you to pivot when needed breeds bounce-back ability. In my experience, 
The only times golfers are unwilling to adapt their approach to a shot, a hole, or an entire round is because they are either afraid things could get worse or they are afraid of what others will think. Playing to avoid making mistakes or worrying about what others think more than your own opinion creates clutter that will increase your misses, not minimize them. It's the ever-changing nature of golf that keeps things interesting and exciting. Strive to be comfortable being outside your comfort zone, and you will play better and have more fun in the process as you resiliently go with the flow, whatever that might be. Number five, decide that you're always winning or learning. As I talked about in episode 007, one of the best attributes of the scholar's golf personality is that scholars strive to learn and grow from every experience, not just the great ones. Resilient golfers never find reason to give up because they never believe they are losing. This may surprise you, but it boils down to how you define winning. If your view of winning is very narrow and rests solely on having the lowest score in your group, then you are probably not always winning. And ending up with the lowest score in your group or competitive field is not something within your direct control. Golfers who play with a definition of success that is rooted in the parts of the game they can control are winning every round. These golfers possess a lot of bounce-back ability because even when they miss hit, they choose to learn from the experience. What they learn is a win because it adds to their knowledge of the game, and lessons are something on which they can build even more success over the long term. So what's your outlook? Do you only see wins and losses, or can you begin to transform less-than-ideal outcomes into a launchpad for greater gains in your game? Number six, always expect success to happen next. My last recommendation centers around maintaining a persistently positive outlook on your game, no matter how poorly you're playing. There isn't just one way to play the game well. Choosing to be open-minded at all times and in all situations will keep you from giving up. The mindset you play with must be leading you in the direction of success. And the formula is simple. I call it thinking like a one-trick pony. A one-trick pony can only do one trick. In golf, you should expect to be able to only do one thing, and that's hit a good shot. To think any other way opens you up to self-doubt and all the negative ramifications that come with it. If you operate like a one-trick pony, you'll be able to resiliently ward off the what-ifs and the worst-case scenarios simply by engaging your imagination in entertaining nothing but success. This means consistently envisioning, planning, and expecting to execute a good shot. Perfection should never be the standard, just a good solid shot to your desired target. When you point your mind in the direction of success, especially following a miss, you increase the probability of hitting your next shot well. Resilience is a matter of choosing to think the right way, even when it's hard. It's a skill like any other that you can develop. And it's worth the effort because being able to bounce back quickly without losing management of your thoughts and feelings keeps you on track in your game. 
It just takes discipline and a desire to respond better to the natural challenges of golf so that you can always finish strong. Well, that's a wrap, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Which of the resilience-building strategies will you commit to start adding into your game? You can leave me a comment and check out the show notes for this episode by heading over to trainingfor-optimal-performance.com forward slash 009. I'd love to hear from you. While the lesson I shared came from an unlikely yet famous tiger, I encourage you to gauge the bounce-back ability you're currently playing with. As a quick recap, if you could benefit from greater resilience, the six strategies I recommended are number one, bring the challenge down to size. Number two, focus on tracking the little wins. Number three, see yourself through the right lens. Number four, be willing to change things up. Number five, decide that you're always winning or learning. And number six, always expect success to happen next. Rather than trying to tackle all six at once, select the one that focuses change where you need it the most. You will discover that shifting how you think in one area will positively impact the others too. You'll be bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, and having more fun, 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 fun in no time with some discipline following your shots. You just need to give yourself the space to get out from under your emotions and start leading with your thoughts. I know you've got this, but if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm always here to help. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes to rate this podcast and to leave me a review. It's the best way to support the podcast and to enable me to keep providing you with the actionable content you need to play great. And if you haven't subscribed to the She Talks Birdie podcast, what are you waiting for? That'll guarantee you won't miss a single juicy episode. I'll be back soon. Until next time, get out there and play great.